hey, did you hear about this? During the recent cold snap that we had about a, two weeks ago, that the major weakness in electric vehicles was exposed. They're not able to run efficiently when it gets really, really cold. Now, what is the point of paying all this money, thousands of dollars more, for something that works worse than a car that's worth thousands less? You know what? Give me, give me a good old gas guzzler any day of the week. I want to make sure I get home and stay warm. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for being a part of the My Take family. Thank you for joining this podcast. Yes, we have a story here. This is something that happened just recently. Again, I know we have members of the My Take family that are not living in the United States. They're they're from different parts of the world, so maybe you're not seeing this. We just had an issue here recently where we had a very uh, difficult few weeks. No, it wasn't even that long. It, I think it lasted about a week. We had a, a pretty difficult week where temperatures were frigid, super cold. We were in some parts, uh, for example, in, in New York State over near the Buffalo, New York area, there was just mounds and mounds of snow coming down. People stranded in their cars. But but the big thing that came out was the weakness that was exposed in these electric-powered vehicles, that they just were not able to deal with the cold temperatures. And, I mean, all of these rich folks, all of these people that, that want to be, you know, they want to be green and all this stuff— they found themselves hoofing at home. Uh, let me. I have an article that I want to share with you that highlights that. Let me. Let me share this with you. And I, I'm going to have to put on my cheaters for this one because this one came out really small print. This stinks getting old. Let's see. Uh, Fox Business. Kelly Saberi reports that electric vehicle charging stations are taking up to 90 minutes to fully charge in freezing temperatures compared to the typical 15 to 20 minutes that they normally take. So a couple of weeks ago, temperatures got so cold, batteries were, were just not able to charge fast enough, and they weren't lasting as long as they normally do. People found themselves having major, major car issues. And this article highlights the frustration that people had. It says here, uh, one, one person was sharing their frustration, and it's quoted in, in the article, it's been frustrating. I had to charge multiple times every day the last couple of days. I had to wait for 45 minutes for a charger, and then I pull in, and it doesn't work. And then I pull out, because, and then someone else takes the next charger, and then I had to wait again. Electric vehicles are facing issues including decline in performance, weaker battery life, increased charge times, and, of course, of course, long lines because we still don't have enough chargers to charge the electric vehicles that are out there efficiently. This person's story. Let's let me let me get to um, uh, not from personal stories, but to the article itself. Over the weekend, charging stations essentially turned into car graveyards. They turned into car graveyards as temperatures dropped to the negative double digits in places like Chicago, for example. A uh, one Tesla owner says it's just frozen. And now I had to get my Tesla towed to the service center because that's my only option at this point. Uh, let's see. The adoption rate, this is just continuing with the article. 
The adoption rate and the limitations of electric vehicles in Europe and here domestically are evident. This is a news reporter saying, we've never actually had this kind of cold. So now we're testing the battery longevity and everybody's learning about lithium batteries and freezing cold weather. So this article is about people complaining, and, and I, I wanted to highlight some of it, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. This article is about EV owners complaining that because the weather was so cold, they were not able to adequately, char adequately charge their cars. Some highways were shut down because of the snow. Some electric vehicles basically turned into giant paperweights because they did not have the power to stay running. They did not have the power to get to the next charging station. The cold sapped the ability of these batteries to be able to provide the energy that the cars needed. And so you have a lot of people upset right now because they have these vehicles that if it gets cold again, they know that they're in big trouble. Now, why, why am I sharing this article with you? This is an article about continuing problems that people are having with their electric vehicles. But, but really, it's more than that. This article is about people. It's about people who put their trust in something, who, who, who not just their trust, they, in, they financially invested in something. But yet, when they needed it the most, it failed. When you needed it to, to, to be dependable, the, the, the time you needed to be dependable is the time that it was undependable. Now, I have to ask you, if you have, if you have a, a heater at home, a furnace at home, that tends to have problems, well, when is it going to have problems? It's going to have problems when you need heat the most, right? Because that's the only time that it runs. But, but if when you need your heater at home the most, it has a problem and fails, what should you do with that heater? Is that a good heater? Uh, you know, talk, talk about a car. When, when you need a car the most is when you need to get from point A to point B, but sometimes you're in a hurry. Sometimes the weather is not the best. If when you need your vehicle the most, it's usually when times are difficult or, or when you're pressed for time, if when you need a car the most and the car does not prove itself to be dependable, is that a car worth keeping? What about a friend? You know, people can be friends with you when things are good. People can be friends with you when you don't have any issues or problems. You're not facing any hard choices. But if you only have friends that are loyal to you when the things are, things are going well, when times are good, when nobody's upset, but when things get difficult and they disappear, um, do you really want a friend like that? See, the, the, the point of this referencing this article is that electric vehicles, people are finding out, are all well and good. They're great to have. But when the going gets tough, electric vehicles cannot get going. They cannot be depended on, at least not yet. The technology has not been perfected yet. But they cannot be depended on when you need it most. Now, I'm going to leave that to the engineers at the car manufacturing companies to work that out. I got nothing to say about it because I, I don't understand it. Uh, you think they'd be able to have that science down by now. We can send a man to the moon, but... We can't fix this problem. I think we'll be okay. But I want to transition. I want to transition from this idea of putting your faith in something and not and and it and it not coming through for you when you need it. 
I want to I want to transition from this EV vehicle letdown to highlight the need. It is important to surround yourself with things, with people who are dependable. That when the times get tough, they are there. They're actually stronger when the times are tough. Is, wouldn't it be good to have a car, a heater, a friend like that? W- wouldn't it be good to have a God like that? Oh, hey, hey, let's turn it around. Wouldn't God appreciate people that are there when times are difficult too? In other words, you know, we're talking fair weather fans. They're fans as long as they're winning. But when the losing begins and they jump off the ship, I wonder how God feels about that. We would hate for God to do that to us, but do you think God likes it if people do that to him, if they're only going to be faithful or happy or or they're only going to pray or they're only going to go to church when the times are good, but when the times are bad, it's like, nah, God, I don't want, mm-mm. God can't depend on me. You know, there are a couple of Bible verses I want to share with you, and I want to share with you a story as well. Uh, there's a there's a couple of Bible verses, and I want to share them. They come from the book of Psalms, both of them do. Now, if you're not familiar with the book of Psalms, Psalms is basically, it's a compilation of songs and poems. This would have been the early hymn book. You know, if you go to church, you know what a hymn book is, right? This would have been the early hymn book of God's people. And uh, there's a lot of truth in these songs and poems. Let me share two of these things with you. Psalms chapter 20, verse 7. This was written by, by David. He understood something about dependability when times are difficult, loyalty during the difficult times. He says this, Psalms 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now in Psalms chapter 91, verses 14 and 15, we read something a little bit different. We read this idea of, of the importance of trusting in God, of being faithful to him. But here we read God's God's response to that. In other words, a person that chooses to be faithful to God, even when times are difficult, what is God's response to that? Well, we read a little bit of that response in Psalms chapter 91, verse 14 and 15. It says this, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. You know, one of the challenges as you become a Christian and you walk the Christian walk is you have to learn how to understand and process, not the good times, but how to understand and process the difficult times. In other words, even Christians, when you give your heart to the Lord and you're walking the walk of faith, there will be times where where it feels like the rug was pulled out from under you. There will be times where you feel like life is unfair and things are just difficult. There will be times where you're going to be tempted to ask, Where's God? Why did you allow this? There may even be times where you're tempted to be angry and swear at God because you don't like what's going on. But you see, what God is looking for, God is looking for a people that trust him. Even when you can't see the plan, you trust God enough to know that there is a plan. Even when times, sometimes, yes, there will be difficult times, you don't blame God. You actually go to God and ask him to help you make it through this difficult time. 
Those, those type of people are the people that please God. And God says, yes, I will be there for them. Sometimes we want God to rescue us from the fire, but uh, sometimes God just walks through us with the fire. And that is just as much of a miracle as the other. You know, speaking of fires, I want to tell you a story. There's a story in the Bible that came to my mind as I was reading this news article. This story comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. You know, I, I, my wish for all of us, including myself, I don't want to be a fair-weather follower of Jesus. I want to trust God even when I don't understand what his plan is. This story is about something like that. In Daniel chapter 3, we read of a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. You've heard me talk about him before. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Babylon at that time, in that part of the world, they were the superpower at that time. And Babylon fancied himself a god. The Bible says that, that, that Nebuchadnezzar built a statue out of gold. And this was this tall statue, something like 60 cubits, which, depending if you're using the cubit in the Bible that they use in the sanctuary, that could have been 75 feet maybe. Um could could have been 90 feet tall. And so here's this golden statue, 90 feet tall, and he starts having the band, the orchestra playing, and everybody's given the order. When you hear the band and the orchestra kick up the music, I want everybody to bow to the statue that I made. Because, of course, you know if you're bowing to the statue he made, then you're really bowing to who? Okay, so the Bible tells us, though, that in Daniel chapter 3, you know, he had all of his people there. There were three young men that when everybody bowed, they stayed standing up. They did not bow. Well, you know, if you know who they are, their names are uh, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, but you probably know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three boys decided we're not going to bow down. We, don't, we, only need, we only kneel before our God. Well, you know, if you read the story in Daniel chapter 3, you read that, well, there were people that saw what they did, and they told the king and said, you know, your majesty, you've got people that are not respecting you. They're disrespecting your decree. When everybody kneeled, all of us were on our knees. These guys were standing up in defiance of your law. The Bible says that he called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to them. And, and uh, again, you have to know the backstory. This is not the first time that they've met. They knew who the king was. The king was familiar with them. And he begins to threaten them, probably because he was embarrassed a little bit and angry. And there, he feels challenged. And he says, "No, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you another chance. We're going to strike up the orchestra, kick up the band, and when we start playing this music, you will bow to this statue. And if you don't, I'm going to burn you alive." Well, you know, if we read this in um, Daniel chapter three, um, verse seventeen. And 18. Let me let me read their response to you. Because they start out by saying, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not we, we're not gonna need to be we're, we're, we're gonna speak to you straight. If this be so, if we're gonna be thrown in the furnace, he, they say, Our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the fire furnace. And he will deliver us uh, deliver us out of your hand, O king. But they say this, but if not, be it known to you, king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set. 
you know, if we were to make it a little bit more modern, basically what they said, look, uh, we serve the living God, the creator God, and he has the power to deliver us from your hand. Whatever it is you want to do, God can stop it. But if not, if not, we will still not serve or bow down to your gods. We're not going to do it because we have already made a commitment that the only God we bow to is the living God, the creator God. Now, I want you to think about this, right? This is sometimes we, we read stories and we don't realize how serious things are. These guys were facing serious consequences, not just death, but a fiery death. But yet they chose, it doesn't matter how hot the temperature is. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. We have made our decision. We are going to, God can depend on us even when times are difficult. I'm not going to be good here, but bad when it gets a little hot. And I'm not talking about temperature. When things get hot, when, when things become more difficult. They were saying with whatever little power we have, God can depend on us when times are difficult. Well, you know, if you know the story, I encourage you to read it. Read Daniel chapter 3. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's exciting stuff. But basically what we find is that they chose to still trust God. They chose to say, no, God can depend on us to love him and proclaim his name no matter how bad things get. Because they were trying to prove themselves dependable to God. The Bible shows that God was dependable in shielding them while they were in the fiery flames. Yep, that's right. The, the Bible says that, that the ropes that, that tied them up when they were thrown in, they burned off. But their clothes didn't burn. They didn't burn. And when they came out of the furnace, they did not even have the smell of smoke upon them. That's how complete the protection of God was at that moment. You know, I, I see this news article, and I say, okay, well, I need to know that you can only trust electric vehicles so far. And it's just a car. I mean, what's the big deal, right? But imagine, imagine having a friend that you could only trust so far. Imagine having your spouse that you could only trust so far. Now, imagine having... A car but like this, that you could only trust so far. It feels like you feel like you'd be walking on eggshells all the time. Imagine having a God that you could only trust so far. Again, walking on eggshells. How in the world are you going to be happy? Oh, but my friend, this story reminds me that, that God can be trusted no matter how bad things get. God will be with you. And if you are willing to let God know that he can depend on you, boy, you might be amazed at the things God does to let you know that you can depend on him. I want to depend on God. And you know what? I want God to depend on me. How about you? That's my take. And that is inspiration to go.